Hello, hello, welcome back. It is the Bet Online Salute Detroit podcast. We're here on a bye Thursday, which is why I have my Hawaiian shirt on. We're just relaxing today, taking it easy, enjoying the bye. We got the full crew in today. We got healthy kids. So we got the queen of LAFV, Candace Davis Price. We got the mad scientist, Jamal Madby. And we got <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend self. Ryan Dyrude, how are you guys doing today? Happy to be here. Right. All well, Fred. That's good. <laughs> I'm doing well too. I have my Hawaiian shirt on. It's bye week. I'm relaxing. We're hanging out. We're getting we're getting healthy. Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> we're getting healthy. You know what I mean? It's you know, take it easy at practice. You know, all right. So I have a bye week story. One year on bye week, it was my freshman year, my first year. So my redshirt year. Uh we had a bye week. The week of Halloween. So Halloween was on Thursday and we had a 6 a.m. practice on November 1st. So the coaches could get out on the road. But we decided to go celebrate Halloween. That was probably the worst practice everything. And Coach Carroll and all of them knew about it. They're like, let's go. You got to go. We got to get going. Like, like, oh, they did but, that. They did that 6 a.m. practice on purpose. On they the did first. that 6 a.m. practice on purpose. But I will say this is only like an hour. It was only like an hour and a half. And it wasn't like full gusto go. They just. I think they were just punishing us because they knew we were going to go out on Halloween. And that was like one of the worst practices I've ever had. But it is bye week. People get to hang out. Kids from L.A. get to go home and hang out with their parents. That's one of the pluses about going to SC. If you are from the SoCal region, you get to hang out with your parents. You get to bring teammates home and with you and you get to see things. If Also, the good thing about going to school in SoCal is if you got a friend who plays at UCLA, you go see a UCLA game and go see your friends play at all the other schools. So there's a lot to it. But the number one thing that happens on bye week is you get a chance to get healthy, right? You don't have to put your body through all that restraint of another game. You get healthy. So the Trojans are bye week this week. So today we're going to have fun and enjoy ourselves. The first thing we're going to talk about, we're all going to have fun, but Per request of the Queen, we're going to talk about something that popped up in the media last week. We're going to talk about our man Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker is reportedly going through allegations of is it harassment, sexual harassment? It's popped up again. Um, some things have came out. All the facts are not out, right? This is just strictly our opinion. We're not saying yeah. it's fact. This Absolutely. is just this is just what we think, right? I will lead it. I will hand it off to Candace and get her opinion first, and we will pass it around the horn and let see what everybody has to say. So, Candace, what are your thoughts on the Mel Tucker situation? You know, I'm really concerned because despite, you know, potentially them becoming a rival of ours, not that that's happening, but, you know, us entering the Big Ten and, you know, obviously I'm located in Ann Arbor, East Lansing, where they're at less than 40 minutes. A true 40 minutes, you guys, not like traffic or anything like a true 40 minutes. Um, I think Mel Tucker's a dynamic coach. I think he's revitalized Michigan State. Not that I ever cared about Michigan State or what they did, but I am a former student athlete. So I believe that coaches are impressionable. They're impactful. Um, and if anyone that's had a great coach can understand that level, that relationship, not to mention the age group that you are in college you're 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 navigating your way through you're making mistakes you're having great accomplishments and your coach is that solid guy 
right? So what's most concerning to me is that this these allegations apparently were like last year they knew about. And conveniently, they surfaced. What week are we, football? Week four? Week three, technically. Technically? Yeah, technically and week three. I think it's uh, my concern with it. I think it's really unfair to the student athlete. And um, again, with coaches, the level of protection, and even with players, the level of protection. There are rah-rah. There are um, fantastic superheroes when they're winning on top. But the way the media, and again, you said it, like, there's no, we're, everything's still alleged, still open investigation. And this man is being paraded some way that we don't, we don't have all the facts. So my concern is, uh, I don't think he's being fairly treated either. I think the way he looks has a little bit to do with it, but that's a whole nother conversation. We'll get into that conversation deeper. I will say this, and I'll pass it off to, uh, I'll pass it off to Ryan and get his opinion about this. And then Jamal, you can follow up. So I will say this. Here's the thing that may be leading this investigation a little bit and maybe leading to the suspension is that Michigan State has not been doing well as of the past two years. And they gave him this big contract. And if you do get in trouble, if you do get fired for disciplinary actions, you don't have to give a buyout. Do you think this is a way for Michigan State to let themselves off the hook of Mel Tucker's big contract? What, Absolutely. What, what do you think, Ryan? Uh, like just your question or in general? Just just to my question and, and in general about the situation. Uh, I mean, to your question, I, I at this point, I would say no. I think, I mean, they just gave him the contract. Obviously, I believe this guy was the face of their their program. It's not like it's been five years and they signed a 10-year deal to get out of it. It's it's less than 12 months old, I think, since the ink dried. So I, I don't think that would be the case. Now, again, since Candace said these allegations were old and now they're just servicing, that definitely is odd. Um, in terms of like the actual allegations, again, we don't know. They're just allegations. But the thing that definitely looks bad is that he said one thing to Title IX and then said another thing after these things came out. So his story doesn't even match really what he's saying. So that's where it does feel fishy. Um, but, you know, it's a bad situation for both sides, for both parties, for the student athletes, for the program. I mean, all around, it's just all bad. You never like to see any of these things. I mean, not as egregious, but obviously USC just went through something kind of similar with Mike Bone in, in terms of sexual allegations. So those are never good, clean breaks that are ever going to happen. It's, you know, people get hurt in those situations. Um, the only thing I will say, aside from the allegations, just to make it a little lighter, is you look at a program like, well, let me say it this way. So, because we're probably going to talk about it later, Lincoln Riley, his split from Oklahoma was, you know, obviously people in Oklahoma were pretty mad when he decided to leave. Mel Tucker did, did Colorado much dirtier. He basically came out on radio and said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm committed to this school. 24 hours later, he was on a bus to Michigan State taking the bag. And luckily for Colorado now, they got Deion Sanders and, and all the rest is history. So it's, it's kind of funny how, how the tide turns and uh, how, the, how the ships can, can change pretty quickly. You got any follow-up on that, Jamal? Yeah, yeah you know, the, the only thing I'll add there is it's just really kind of sad and unfortunate all the way around. You know, I think it's number one is without kind of having all the facts out, you know, it, it, if there are victims here, you know, that is first and foremost – you know, of greatest concern, just from a humane standpoint, from just a person standpoint, you never want anyone to go through any type of adversity, hardship, you know, har- harassment in this way. So 
there's there's sort of a tragic situation there. I think it's a tragic situation for the student athletes. Uh, at the very least, it's a distraction. And at the very most, it's, to Candace's point, a, a sort of a complete re-representation of someone who's a coach, a teacher, a guide, a mentor. Uh, so it, it's got to be at least somewhat traumatic for the student athletes. I think it's unfortunate for Mel Tucker to kind of be at the highest of highs, you know, 12, 18 months ago, and now be in this particular situation. And then I think it's unfortunate for Michigan State investing so much money into Mel Tucker to try and take on the Ohio States and the Michigans and, and really sort of put all their chips really in the center of the table for him. And now, you know, this it, it's starting to look like perhaps it was a bad bet. So whether you look at the student athlete, you look at the school, you look at the victims first and foremost, if there are any, uh, depending on how this plays out. And then you look at Mel Tucker. I mean, it's a it's an 0 for 4 type of situation here. I, I will say this to follow up on you guys. Here, here's one thing. Here's one thing where I do think Mel Tucker made the mistake. And it's hard. And I'm going to start with this. People don't understand no matter who you are in this world, you're still a human, right? So even though you're a prolific coach, or you're Bill Belichick, you're a Lincoln Riley, a Pete Carroll, a Mel Tucker, a Nick Saban, a Kirby Smart, no matter who you are, you're still a human and you still make mistakes, right? The mistakes that you make as an adult aren't as extreme as you make when you're 20 and younger, but you still make mistakes. I think Mel Tucker made a mistake here. He got involved in something and then emotion got the best of everybody and a lot is starting to come out, right? On the flip side, I will say this. As a coach, you have to set an example, right? And there's a lot that's in the background of this. You are a coach and you are a figure to young men. You're a married man and you're having an affair with another woman. A lot of people think, oh, coaches, players know. I don't care what you say. I've been on both sides of the desk. I've been on side of the desk as a player, and I've been on side of the desk as a coach. Players know. We knew what coach was not doing right, and we and players knew what coach was not doing right. Right? Players know. In that case, he had to be a better role model in that situation because as far as he thought that they didn't know, players knew. Right? And now all the players know, and that's coming out, and that's just not a good look. Did he make a mistake? Yes. Am I going to? Am I going to just assassinate the man? Not at all. I think I just think that he should have done better. But so much emotion got involved in this situation. Now it's starting to come out and you're starting to hear more things. It's not fair to him because I think this should have stayed under wrap. I think Michigan State's media department did a terrible job keeping this covered up because I feel like this is a story that needs to be released in February. This is something you could have dealt with in February or this is something you could have dealt with internally. A lot of people don't understand, but good programs know how to hide things. There's a lot of things that happen at USC that a lot of people don't know about because they knew how to hide the situation. You have to know how to hide the situation. These are one of the situations that I think they should have hid. So I'm I'm not jumping on that. What you say? I said I want to jump in on that. Go ahead. So even like the I don't know how much you've read on it, but obviously on this side of the world, it's been they've been releasing statements and I'm not a man, obviously, but he was under the impression that this was a consensual situation. This wasn't anything and I'm not taking away and please don't take me out of context, some violent or egregious, or this was, like you said, a lot of emotional based stuff. 
and apologize for the misunderstanding of judgment, which I think a lot of people do male or female, like, oh, I, I thought this was what it wasn't. Um, and you're right. I feel like it could have been dealt with eternally. I'm disappointed with the timing. I'm disappointed with the attention. And I also feel like, and I probably won't be very popular. There's a lot of white head coaches that have done way worse that are on TV being commentators right now that are getting <laughs> Right. And right. <laughs> again, we're just back at that. And it's like, you now, how many black head coaches are there in football? We know what the ratio of what our demographic is with a student athlete. You see what I'm saying? So that became more of like when we take sports and we mix it into what's going on in the realm of things. It didn't affect Bill Clinton's ability to govern the country. Let's just keep it 100. Right. So it wasn't. So I'm going to leave it at that. That's where I really was just like, wait, there's people on TV that I watch every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, sometimes Monday night, and have had worse. I, so I, I, I will I'll say leave it this. At that. We, we could talk. That's a whole conversation for another one. The, the black coach thing and and, and the struggle. And, and you do have a point there. And the the coach that you may be referring to also got caught again on camera doing stuff he wasn't supposed to be doing, but we won't say any names, but it is an unfortunate situation, but we're not going to sit on that. We're having fun today. Yeah. Let's keep it happy. Keep um, it light, even though, even though our next subject is kind of crazy, but we'll, 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 we'll keep, some, we'll get something going, but I will say this before we get going. So the choice brought to you by battle line. It's week two in the NFL, which was a very exciting week. Vegas lost a lot of money, and that some of that money could have been yours if you went to betonline.ag and put in your bets. You could add a fat pocket and start saving for Christmas because it is already the middle of September. You go to betonline, get all your up-to-date line stats and parlays. That's betonline.ag. Not only that, if you put in promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, we will match your 50% bonus. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, moving forward. So something came out today. Uh... I I I'm I'm going to be 100 fluid with you guys. I did not hear about it. You guys heard about it. I'll let you guys take the lead on it. Lincoln Wright had a press conference about when he left Norman, um, about how the fans were not happy with it. Ryan, I'll let you take the lead on this. Let pretty much explain what happened, what's going on. Uh, we'll pass it around, and then I'll give my opinion on it. Yeah, well, I, Jamal, I'll let you. I think Jamal will be able to tell it eloquently. Okay. But yeah, he had he had a sit down interview kind of a one-on-one -on -one conversation that i'm honestly not sure if it was done a while back and just released but it was released um yesterday on uh wednesday and so a lot of people just kind of been you know picking through all the the sound bites and whatnot but a lot of interesting stuff there's a lot of good stuff that came out of it too you talk about mike leach and stuff like that but definitely the the one big tidbit was his him and his family's le uh, leaving norman and kind of what that looked like so but i'll let i'll let toss jamal and let him kind of break it down yeah, Ryan, I think it was, you know, it was a very meaningful conversation. I think it was the first time we got a little bit deeper into who Lincoln Riley is for the first time since maybe he came to USC. You know, there was a lot about who Lincoln Riley is as a person, as a man, as a family man, and kind of all the dimensions about him right at the beginning when, when he joined USC. And now it's kind of been all business for about 18 months. And now we get an opportunity to kind of reflect back with some of this commentary. I think the two big takeaways for me, one is just how challenging it was for him and his family when he announced leaving Oklahoma for USC and talking about how 
there was a situ there were situations where fans were breaking into his home. He needed 24-7 security detail. He was in a position where he was hoping that his daughters would be able to finish school uh, for that particular semester before the family moved out to Southern California. And as this harassment really elevated, he wasn't able to do that. They pulled the girls out of school and came straight to Southern California. And he talked about how he appreciates the passion of, of all fan bases and really 95% of, of all fans are all terrific, but every fan base, whether it's OU, whether it's SC, whether whoever, it's, it's that 5% that sort of cross it over the line. And I think we have to sort of be very mindful that at the end of the day, this is a game and it's a sport and it's entertainment and it's being played by young boys, really. I mean, you know, who are on the cusp of manhood, you know, 22 years and under. And, and this, is, this is a sport that's a great escape for all of us uh, as a form of entertainment. But then we have to come back to reality. We can't stay in, in that escape state. And I think for some fans, they stay there and, and it, it gets very uh, sort of nasty very quickly. So a lot of empathy for, for Coach Riley and his family. And then I think the other big point that he made is how he talked about how he sees himself walking away from the game around 50 years old, that, that he's not really in it for the records. He's not in it for the statues. He's not in it for the stats. He wants to be able to walk away at an age where he's still young enough, he's still healthy enough, where then he gets a lot of quality time with his family. And so I thought that was very poignant about what that means about who he is as a man. You know, the, the Sabans of the world, the Kirby Smarts of the world, those guys are, are there at one school. They want to be there 30 years. They want the statue. They're the Bud Kilmer, uh, you know, of college football in so many ways. <laughs> and I think Lincoln Riley is a very different individual. And he's more experienced, motivated. He's more of a holistic guy. And he kind of sees the end of the line. You know, he said, look, I'll see how I feel when I'm 49. But in mentally, my mental model is to get to late 40s and about 50 and, and retire young. And his wife said that, you know, I, being around him, that sort of feels like what the plan is. So for, for USC fans, let, let's enjoy this while we can, while the ride is on, because it's not going to last forever. And given how kind of experience-oriented it is, he is, I think he's going to want to test the opportunity to coach in the NFL too as, as another experience. So however longer he's here, I, I think USC fans should enjoy the ride because these things don't last forever. I will say this about Lincoln Riley. And Candace may not agree. I love the foundation that Lincoln Riley is setting. And I hope hopefully if he does stay his whole tenure, the rest, of, I don't know how old he is exactly, but if 40. he does, he's exactly 40. So the next 10 years, if we get Lincoln Riley, hopefully the brass at USC makes the correct decision to bring somebody in to replace him or hire within staff to keep this going, like to have something like this going forever and not have a, a, a null and uh, and USC football will be excellent. I also will say this. I just had a text today with, like, my brothers and my cousins. I was like, if I was to become the NFL commissioner tomorrow, the first thing I would do is ban fans from the game until they not fight, right? Because, like, people don't understand, like, these are just people doing something that they're loving. They're playing a the game. It's not that serious. It's never that serious. Like, they're just out there having fun and playing football, like, Stop fighting. Stop doing all this crazy stuff. It's not that serious. Like, this is their job, too, right? Like, they're playing because they love the sport, and they turn around, and they get flipped off, or they get called a crazy name. Like, stop. Please stop. That's my one – this is my one call, you guys. Stop. 
It's not that serious. Go enjoy the game. Cheer. If you get upset, it's okay to get upset, right? But mm-hmm. stop. Just enjoy the game and let's just stop. It's just for fun. Like they enjoy playing. You guys should enjoy watching. Just stop. Candace, do you have anything about this? Or well, wait, hold on, because I know what you're gonna say. Ryan, do you have anything about what Jamal said? And then we'll go to Candace. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, first of all, fans are never going to stop. So that's, that's <laughs> unfortunately, I agree with you. That's not going to happen. Um, it's so, it's such a fine line because obviously the passion of fanhood is something that's, that's beautiful at its core. And like, we've, we've had, there's so many stories of how sports change people's lives and maybe get them out of depression or, or keep families together or get families that haven't seen each other in one setting to watch a game. And there's all these beautiful things about the passion of it, but then people just, take it overboard those five percent like lincoln riley was alluding to that just take it too far and have to fight in the stands and fight in the parking lots and chase people after games and the riley stuff i mean obviously unfortunate it doesn't surprise me just because we we knew there was a bunch of stuff going on when he left i mean i've had i've never had anything threatening but i've had interactions on twitter with oklahoma fans that, that are still bitter to this day and and you know i probably will be forever and you know it is what it is but uh you know he's I, the thing i will take from the interview two things one, him saying, which was, you know, you don't totally think about because L.A. is a place of celebrity. But he said one of his biggest um, enjoyments about being in his L.A. is he has more. And anim- um, I'm going to say the word wrong. Um, like he's less known, I would say, than he was in Norman. Norman, he couldn't go out. What was that? Recognizable. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was trying to say like. Yeah, uh, it's the anonymity. Anonymity. The anonymity. There we go. Yep. I was going to say anonymity. Yeah. Um, but like Norman, he was like, they wouldn't go out to eat. Like his daughters had never been out to restaurants. He couldn't go to a gas station. He couldn't go to, uh, anywhere. And now it's like, he can go eat. And it's like, well, we can go eat because yeah, I'm the head coach of USC, but George Clooney is at a table next to me. Like he has, he can go out and do things. So I thought that was really cool that you think LA, you think the glitz and glam, which he's the head football coach at USC. But in reality, he has more privacy here than he had in Norman. And then the other takeaway, maybe I am misreading this completely, but what Jamal was saying about how he said he's like, he sees another maybe 10 years to me. I read it as he sees his 10 years in college and not going to NFL. Cause I don't think you go to the NFL for two years, three years, you kind of have to build something Could be way wrong on that. But I took it as like, you know, he he's, he's going to be a college coach and then hang it up and, and whatnot. So anyway, those were my kind of takeaways from that. I love Ryan, you know, just, to, now. just to jump in there. Isn't it so ironic that both college coaches in LA, whether it's Lincoln Riley or chip Kelly, Picked LA for anonymity. You yeah, know, it's just, I know. Chip Kelly gave the same reason why he wanted to be coach yeah. at UCLA. He's like, I don't want to coach at Florida. I don't want to be in Gainesville where everyone's going to know me and everyone's going to be in my business. I want why? to be in, in in LA because you know I, I got the, there's the celebrities and the Lakers are here, the Dodgers are here, and and tech is here, and Hollywood is here, and so I just kind of want to be another guy. So it's so ironic that both college football coaches just kind of see themselves as another person in LA. It just kind of yeah. speaks to the gravitas of LA is a market uh, in so many ways. Word, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All and right. So what, what was it? Anonymity and what? Anonymity. Anonymity. And gra- what, you, what was the other one he just said? Gravitas. 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 That's what happens when you go to Cal, Stanford, USC, and UCLA. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, so two things off of that. One thing is I love Lincoln Riley more because that's the human aspect. Like, like that's one thing, like, everybody just wants to be a human and he wants to enjoy time with his family. So he wants to go eat like the restaurants he's eating at is probably of scale, but still it's like, he gets to be a dad. Like, you know what I mean? So that's the great thing about it. So 
Lincoln Riley just got another check in my book. Let's pass it on to Mrs. Price and see how she feels about this. Candace, go ahead. How do you feel? I'm just going to be the bad guy. Like, I I appreciate his words. I do feel like I, I, I think that shows a little bit more character. He's not just an X's and O's guy. So that's why his guys are willing to play the way they play for him. But being in the NFL as a wife and having fans, commentators, Twitter thugs say things about my husband based off of his camp performance, based off him being overpaid, based off of I've been in meetings with general managers. I've seen what, you know, NFL training. I've seen like it's it's gruesome. And I'm sorry, Lincoln, you're not going to get my feelings on this only because you're getting paid a lot of money to do something you love. And there's people that aren't making a lot of money doing things they don't like and their relief, their joy. These people in Detroit are poor. Yeah, I said it. And they're selling out Ford Field. They're committed. They're blue collar. They're riding for it. So yes, if you got to come out and put your smile face on because somebody working three and four part-time jobs just to go out there and see sorry Matthew Stafford is here, you're going to put a smile on his face because Matthew Stafford has a Wrangler deal and an F-150 deal. And he's not that good. He hasn't been good since Georgia. Got it? So Lincoln... Hey, 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 this is the LAFB network. That's our quarterback. (laughs) Don't even get me started with him. That's That's why I'll probably say, is he your quarterback? Yeah, he's 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 a Rams. Yeah, he's a Rams quarterback. I know he's a Rams quarterback, but he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback on top of that. Like, come on. The only... The only thing I'll say, and Candace, I agree with you, because I think that's a lot of the mentality anyway, especially for all of us that aren't in that upper echelon. The only thing I'll say, though, is I and maybe, you know, watch it and then you could you could disagree or whatnot. But I don't think this was a a woe is me. Feel sorry for me. I mean, he's been here two years. He's never once come out and complained. He's never said like, man, my family had so hard. This was like an hour and a half long sit down with all other questions that happened to me one segment. And he was just honest about it. So I agree with you hundred percent, but I don't think he was sitting there saying like, man, I've had it so hard. Like, yeah, I live in Pacific Palisades, but I'm getting threatened. Like I I didn't take it as that. So I I agree with you. And I appreciate that disclaimer. No, I don't, I don't get that from him. And I will say Al, he's definitely growing on me. I just, I knew how hard I had to fight to get into USC. So I do have a little bit of, Jamal's probably got a good word for me. <laughs> I got a little bit like, I'm just little, like. A little I'm, resentment, Candice? I don't know. I'm a hater. I'm a hater for everyone that's getting into USC on their first time. They had to go to committee for my grades to make sure they thought I could survive four years. And Al, what's her name? Jen and Riley, y'all getting $10 million um, private jets dropping you off at the private part of LAX. So, yeah, I got a little bit of resentment. I, so, you know, somebody said, have don't, to, don't have to tell Candace, for me. don't tell Candace that Matthew Stafford beat Pete this week. You know, that's the last <laughs> thing we want to say. <laughs> yeah, Matthew Stafford did beat Pete. So, hey, if anyone if anyone is allowed to have resentment, I went to Long Beach State and had to pay out of state tuition. So, here's oh, the, yeah, oh, where the resentment crown sits. I had to state school and pay double what you did. I'm thankful that you guys got Kelly Stafford out there instead of in Detroit. So that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but I she do, almost I messed up too. She almost messed it. Oh man, I was another. That's what she, for another she's day. always on thin ice. Like, and, and I'm just saying, being a professional athlete, being an own professional athlete in my regard, being the wife of an NFL. Like, this is how I used to come to the games, and they'd be like, "Did she not get the memo?" I'm like, "Why are you dressed like that at the?" game and then i also was like your guy is on practice squad you really think it's appropriate for you to be in 1200 heels you look goofy 
right? So I'm not knocking. I look good for hard knocks. So I do appreciate, and I will say, Al, he's growing on me a little bit. I always did think that my concern with Riley was that we were his lily pad to the NFL. And I wanted that feeling of like how Pete made me feel. But again, I was, I was a kid in college. Pete was Pete Lane, Odoron, Sarkeesian. They were in the locker. They were in the training room with me. They were in the weight room with me. So my connection is so much different. I'm now a grown up looking at Riley. Like you just want to be here for a lily pad jump or a springboard to the NFL. I just didn't, you know, some people when they get to LA is like, this is my last stop. This, there's nothing more for me. Uh, sorry, right. but I'm sorry to inform you, but SC was a lily pad jump for Coach Carroll. No. Yes, it was. It he was only cool. left because of, because the block was hot. Coach Carroll went. Yeah, Coach Carroll went on. Coach Carroll went on interview to Miami. He went on an interview for the Dolphins, and he was about to take the yes. job. And the and only reason he why he didn't take the job Coliseum, and they won the Holiday Bowl. He had no intentions of his foolishness. The only reason he left is because. The fire was going to burn down Heritage right. Hall. Right? But this the is whole my, NCAA. my first year there. He the only reason why he didn't take the Dolphins job is because they didn't give him complete control of the roster. Other than that, he would have been gone. We were last he was the lead path for Coast Girl. I'm sorry. No, I didn't mean to bust your bubble. Ricky Bobby, what I tell you, don't put that on my head. Put that off. <laughs> hey, on. so so if people want to watch, if people want to watch that that sit down, where can they find that sit down? I know it's another network, but I feel like it's really good, and our fans should at least get to see where how Lincoln Riley is as a person. Where uh, where would they be able to watch that? Because I kind of want to watch it too. <laughs> you should. Uh, Jamal, I don't even remember the guy. I feel so dead. The guy's I, name. I, I, I believe it's it's on the Ringer. It, it's it's uh, the Ringer podcast. Is okay. that correct, Ryan? I, I believe so. I don't think so. It's uh, no? okay. I could find it. I mean, you literally search Lincoln Riley interview yep. and it'll pop up everywhere. But it's some. I don't know if he's like a. He's not a Dateline guy, but he's like a an old school like NBC <laughs> NBC like like broadcast oh, television guy. All right. I'll look for it while you guys are. He's a journalist, is what they're saying. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, no, it was a really nice sit down, kind of in the living room, you know, ah, type of okay. uh, prime time sort of moment for sure. Yeah, but they and talk about for them showing him in that light. That is important because when the fans are unhappy and things get ugly, you have those moments that you can look back on. So good for them. Did they talk about him and Cliff's relationship? I know you mentioned uh, 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 the pirate. Um, Mike, Mike Leach. Leach, Mike Leach, but did they talk about him and Cliff's relationship at all, or not really? Uh, you know, I think it was more along the lines of really all all things Lincoln Riley, kind of his his perspective on the program and the future and his life and and what have you. And so I, I think Kingsbury is still very much of a if you know you know type of kind of side. Okay. Piece, you know, I, I don't know if Kingsbury at USC is quite the national story that it is with with some of our insiders, but uh, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, where Lincoln Riley goes, I think he he's shown that he's just such an experiential kind of guy. He wants to sort of have different life experiences, and he I think he's demonstrated that he's he's sort of a different person. You know, when you grow up in West Texas and you get the OU job, I mean, that's a thirty. 99 coaches out of 100 are saying, I'm, I want to stay here 30 years if I can. I'm trying to get the six or seven national championships. I'm trying to get the statue. I'm trying to be the legend. I want to be Bud Wilkinson. I want to be, you know, Bob Stoops 2.0. I want to be all of these guys. And so the fact that he walked away from that, where kind of he's from, 
for his family to experience Los Angeles, for for him to experience a different culture. I think you wonder if he's so willing to kind of leave his home, you know, how how committed will he be to some place that's not his home long term? And that's always kind of been my question with with Lincoln Riley, that I think this will be a tremendous chapter uh, in his life at USC, however long it lasts, whether it's three years, whether it's five years, whether it's seven years. But then I do see him sort of moving on to something else before he kind of hangs it up. And I truly believe, given the innovator that he is, he's going to give the NFL a shot. To me, the, the, the biggest comp with Lincoln Riley of any coach in sports is John Calipari. To me, he's the John Calipari of college football, where he's a guy who sort of produces these blue chip guys at the, at the professional level. He's still got to win a little bit more to sort of justify being kind of an all-time college coach. But even, just like Calipari, just like Saban, just like Urban Meyer, just like all of these guys, you know, the curiosity and the adventure of wanting to go to the NFL at some point is going to bite you, especially if you're so experience-oriented. So I just think that's probably where we're headed here with Lincoln Riley. So it's important to kind of enjoy it while we can. And, and to your point, Fred, you, you can have all the succession plans lined up I mean, where was USC two, three years after Pete Carroll? You know, I mean, the reason these guys are these guys is because they don't grow on trees, because you can't just replace them that easily. So I do think the window for USC is a lot narrower than a lot of people think. I think people are kind of talking decades and 15 years. And I just don't think we live in that kind of a world anymore. I think loyalty means something different than it did 10, 15, 20 years ago. I think staying and sticking it's just not part of our sports culture anymore. So I think everything is very transient. So as long as he's here, I think the Trojan family should enjoy the ride because it's probably going to end sooner than people realize. Hey, don't, you, don't you put that on us, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> we, want yeah. the we want the 10 years. I, and I said I hope they make the right decision. That Because you do see some programs who hire within from within and they do keep that success. So I'm hoping they do make the right decision. So, Oklahoma was one I, of them. <laughs> yeah. I want to touch on that, Jamal, because it's interesting. When I'm talking to my high school players, they're all leaving for high school. They're leaving high school early to go to college. So I'm like, oh, yeah, Bryce, you're going to be on my four by one. He's like, well, not next year. And I was like, why not? He's like, oh, I'm going in January. And I was like, what is going on? So when you touched on that and then I'm like, so what's the mindset? And I, I really appreciate it because he's like, you know, I could probably be done playing by the time I'm 30 and live a life. And I was like, I really appreciated that perspective because that level of loyalty, that level of commitment, the idea of you got to like ride through this sport for 12 and 15 years. It's definitely what they call changing of the guards. You can give me another word because I know you're like got everything. But I, I found that interesting that I'm talking to 16 and 17 year old kids that are five star blue chip athletes. And they are saying, no, I'm going to. I was like, so you're going to go and be hanging out in college dorms when you're like 16? Doogie Hauser, they're like, who's Doogie Hauser? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I will say this. I will say this. When I was a young college coach and I was chasing the dream of becoming a Division One coach and this and that, and I remember one of my good friends asked me, he was like, well, so what is your goal? I was like, my ultimate goal, and I could just do it for one season, and I could die the next year and I will be a happy person, is just to be a defense coordinator for USC. And I was like, that's it? Like, yeah, if I could call defense in the Coliseum, like, I never wanted to be a head coach. I never wanted to run my own show. I just wanted to call defense at a Division One Power 5 school. And my ultimate school is USC. So then the follow-up question is always, well, what if you get the offer? 
I'm like, I'll give it a look. I'll give it a hard look, but it's just, I don't think I would have been able to do it because I've never, I would never, I would have never put all my all into it as if I'm a defensive coordinator. I prefer to just be in the back and stop people from scoring and let somebody else handle that. Like I just never wanted. So like, I think like people are starting. I will tell you this. Rashad Mendenhall, I think is the one that kind of started this Rashad Mendenhall Went to Illinois, played against him. In, I actually played against him in the Rose Bowl. Went to Arizona. Juice. And then got to, yeah. No, Juice was the quarterback. Juice was, yeah, with Juice. Yeah, Juice yeah with Juice, yeah. And then so, like. That's got, my cousin, by the way. Just saying. Rashad Mendenhall or Juice no, Williams? Juice Williams. Oh. Is he so, really? Like, legit. Not, not playing. That's a whole other conversation. But, but so, like, Rashad Mendenhall went to Arizona. Had some played, conversations. Played, <laughs> she's like an onion. You just pull him back. <laughs> pulling back players. Rashad Mendenhall went to Arizona, but played five years, saved all his money up and said, I'm done. And everybody's like, well, how can you retire? Well, I play, he played, he accomplished his goal. Like that's the first person I've known that's done, done that. And there's a lot of people doing, I will address the, the leaving high school early. A lot of kids are leaving. Well, they were doing, even doing that when I was in and uh, John David booty actually did it. He left high school. Early. I remember that. So he was like an MLB draft pick and a, you know, he was, but he, 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 he skipped his senior year to get to SC early and they do that because they want to get in spring ball and try to right. get, and compete at it. So that's the thing. And he also thought Liner was going to leave. Right. I yeah, mean, that's he why he also did it. I mean, in retrospect, if Liner came back, mm-hmm. I don't know if he does it the same way. That was yeah. so interesting. Yep. So Salute Your Troy podcast is brought to you by AG1. If you want to take step into your to your nutritional gut health, go to AG1. Go to drinkag1.com backslash Salute Your Troy. You'll get five free travel packs and a year supply of vitamin D. That's get you some AG1. <laughs> drinkag1.com backslash Salute Your Troy. You want your great grocery bill to cut down? Get you some AG1. Hear me, okay? <laughs> get that. See, there's the spokesperson. That's There you go. Uh, uh, and so... I would like to pass it to Ryan. He has some good news today. If you pay attention to the bottle of the banner, we slipped the good news in there. Ryan, do you want to share the news with our lovely fans? Yeah, so good way to end it. We're doing a, a fun collaboration with Stone Brewery. They're fight on Pale Ale. They're partnered with USC. Pretty sweet. They actually, USC, let them use all the the logos and colors and everything with their own Stone logo. Not many pe- people let a, not many brands i should say let other brands do that so i had a conversation with stone and they were shocked that they let him use all their logos and stuff but um so we're doing a fun collaboration with him check out uh fight on pale ale at any uh you know local liquor store or grocery store outlet or, or even go to stone but the bigger news is on the 23rd so literally barely a week away 10 days away uh, when USC plays Arizona State in Tempe we will be doing a live salute to Troy show at the Stone brewery tap room in pasadena so we're gonna go out there we'll be hanging out doing a live show um having beer doing giveaways we'll have some t-shirt giveaways and stuff and stone has giveaways as well um there'll be food there and obviously we'll stay and have a watch party for the game afterwards so we'll have a lot more details to follow but september 23rd mark your calendars come out to pasadena see us at stone brewery tap room uh, maybe the queen will will take a private jet out and and visit us but uh, if Jen we'll wants me there, you know, Jen and Riley, let's make a call. So speak, speaking of giveaways, we're still trying to get to a thousand viewers. We fell short, but we reached a thousand viewers. You like comment, subscribe, share with all your friends. You will be in a, a, a raffle to give a t-shirt from anything on the LA FB website, like comment, subscribe. We hit a thousand viewers. We'll pick somebody, you get a free t-shirt guys. It's been fun. 
we got a little serious, but it's okay. It's bye week. We don't have to worry about any games this week. We could take our time to relax. We get Sunday off. No victory Sunday this week. So you guys get to go to brunch and have some mimosas. Candace could go to church and not have to rush home from church. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to enjoy it. It's always been Look fun. Look at Fred I- making the ultimate LA reference. You know, it's like go have yeah. some brunch and some mimosas. Oh, he plays to the audience, ladies hey, and gentlemen. He knows and- who his crowd is. Enjoy your <laughs> even, but even hey, on Victory Sundays, watch us from your phone while you're at brunch. You could do that. Yeah. So right. we're everywhere. So even on Sundays on Victory Sundays, watch us from your phone while you're enjoying your brunch and drinking your mimosas. My preferable mimosa, just to let you guys know, is pineapple juice. I like pineapple juice with my champagne. So just to let you know. But yep, I always enjoy you're the a mimosa guys. guy. I can see it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially with home. that shirt. I mean, I oh, can't yeah. I can't really oh, take yeah. you seriously after. So, you know, <laughs> do you have do you have the purple lily that floats in your mimosa glass? Too? I do not I do not put flowers in my drink. I do not. Okay. I do not put flowers in my drink. I, only I in your shirt. No, not no, only not flowers in the drink. Only in the shirt. Okay. If we had time, <laughs> if we had time, I will. Get to, I'll take you through my whole collection of Hawaiian shirts. I have about seven of them. So amazing. <laughs> next bye week, I'll throw another one on just for you guys. There you go. I appreciate you guys. It's always fun. Jamal, Ryan, Candice, I enjoy you guys a whole bunch. Thank you guys for watching. This is the Battle Line Salute Detroit podcast. Live free, fight on. <laughs>